Well, hello everyone, welcome to Desert Island Games, my name is Richard, and in today's show it's all about Mass Effect 2, and the wrap-up, the rundown of everything that I got up to in the second half of my playthrough, I did it all the way through to completion, we're going to get into it and all that after this message from me, and the intro. Desert Island Games is recorded weekly and released weekly every Tuesday around 5pm GMT or BST depending on when it is in the year and this one is a little bit late, do apologise, but you can catch the show on your favourite podcasting apps including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Good Pods, Anchor and everything else in between including Spotify, there I forget. You can get in touch with the show at ZAPPDCED at hotmail.com. That's ZAPPDCED at hotmail.com. Or you can find me on social media sites like Instagram, Twitter, and Mastodon. Um, and check down in the description below for all of the links, including a link to the Discord. Come and join me and talk games whenever you feel that you want to. I genuinely hate doing intros, but there we are. I'm just uh, rubbish at those sort of things. But. Enough about me, me and my skills of intros. It's all about Mass Effect and the fact that number two is a wrap. That's right. We've done it. Third game done of 2023. I'm quite impressed and quite proud of the fact that that's been done. As of recording, this was completed um, on the 11th of February. So we are a few days after that uh, when this recording was done, about a day or so after. Had time to process go back over the game haven't made any notes uh, again so this is off the top of my head kind of winging it a little bit in places but also going to learn that for the next game which we'll announce at the end of today's show so if you haven't caught one of these shows before i talk about my playthrough of the game uh, mass effect 2 was broken down into two weeks we had uh, the first week which was i think or the first part if you like was about 20 hours in we got to around around the Horizon mission, and let me tell you this before I go any further, we will be talking about the spoilers, and we'll be talking about that mission. So there will be spoilers in this episode, so if you haven't played Mass Effect before, or don't want the game spoiled, then I'm sorry to say that this is going to be spoiler-heavy in places, from what I can remember. As I was saying, the first half, if you like, was after about 20 hours, yeah, it was roughly around 36 hours when I wrapped this all up. So around a, uh, around another 16 hours of playtime from the, the the first episode to now, um, which did have a couple of distractions in between, which is we did the Hitman episode and we did the Pokemon episode in between and all that good stuff. And there is something off the back of the Pokemon one coming, a little bit of a twist if that makes sense, because I think that works better for what I want to do. Anyway, enough of the digression. I've got some stats. I love stats, and I've made my own game tracker in Excel, uh, kind of just looking at where I'm going, what I've completed, and when I played them, and so and so forth, and all that kind of business. And I've got different uh, headers for all of this, including platform, the genre, uh, when I last played it, Steam gives you a lovely little uh, insight of when you last played this game, and so on. I'm playing Mass Effect through the Legendary Edition. I got this on sale for around £12.50. Well worth the money. It was an incredible steal. You've got three games. I'm already 60-plus hours into this game, uh, or two of the games, so well worth the money. I don't really like to quantify money on a game for how long you're kind of you know playing it, but well worth it and 
if you are like me that's never played Mass Effect, that's going into this blind, it's I think it's one of the best RPGs I've come across uh, of years gone by, and I'm kind of gutted that I missed all of that stuff as I was growing up. Anyway, as I was going back to my stats, so we've also got the how many days between now and the last played. That doesn't mean anything. When I started it, when I finished it, so Mass Effect 2 was started on the 1st of January, no, sorry, the 10th of January, 2023, and it was completed on the 11th of February, 2023, massing a total 32 days to complete that game. The first one I couldn't put down, and I had a bit more free time because I was actually on holiday and stuff, took only seven days. Roughly 36 hours to complete, um and give me a total of 1.1 hours per day, if you would break it down like that. Um, I've also compared the how long to beat time, so the, the time that I'm looking at is like the story plus extras, that's roughly 36, so we kind of hit that nicely on the head, um, and then I've given my score for this game. Now, we're going to get to the scoring at the end of the show, but I've written what I've scored it down, uh, what I've scored it, and I've also got where like Metacritic or someone like that, they've got their scores. So, yep. That's kind of what my game tracker is. There's loads of information in there that I can basically pull stuff together, and it's quite interesting. Playing this on Steam Deck, um, we did discuss in previous episodes the Mass Effect 1, and I may even cover this in Mass Effect 2, but I will, or the first episode, part 1 of Mass Effect 2, I will go over it again. I've had to do some tomfoolery because I wanted to play this offline. Funnily enough, though, I haven't really played this much in the car or uh, you know, away from the internet or anything like that and mainly been at home using the Steam Deck instead of my big PC running like that. I understand that the EA apps do not support cloud saving so even if I had done it the normal way which was allowed all the launches and crap in the background to install I don't believe there's a cloud saving feature via the EA app. The EA app is one of the worst apps out there and I think it's one of the launches in general are one of the worst things that can happen on the Steam on the Steam Deck. Um you know, it's it's quite a frustrating thing to see um, happen, and I think it's one of the reasons, and also one of the reasons why they love EA and other big companies love these launches, all that kind of, because it requires you to always be online so they can, you know, obviously monitor you playing their single-player experience. I think it's absolutely atrocious that we need to basically keep single-player games always connected to the internet, but that's a different conversation for a different day. We are here to talk about Mass Effect 2, the final the final few hours, if you like. And I think, actually, the last mission, um, which is called the Suicide Mission, can take up most of this podcast. Because in general, the once I'd done the Horizon mission was completed, uh, and you, re- you re-meet, you meet again Ashley, uh, or if you're female Shepherd, uh, and I think it's Caden, I think, um, you re-meet that character and they find out that you're working for Cerberus and um, kind of your the world falls apart. Now, I'm going to kind of premise this why this is quite a significant thing for me. In Mass Effect 1, the, or in Mass Effect games, you have romancing options. And for me, the romancing option was Ashley. Um, Mass Effect 2, we'll kind of go into it a little bit later. Um, I wanted to keep that kind of thing alive. I think, you know... I, I understand there are mass, um, romancing options in all the games, um, but I was a bit like, do you know what? No, I think I think you know my shepherd, the guy that I'm playing, is going to be a one one woman person, 
and he is, you know, and he stayed that straight true to the course. So seeing Ashley again and like this bitter kind of uh, like these issues between them because she doesn't like Cerberus who rebuilt you, you know, all that kind of stuff is kind of a, a shock factor. I thought I was going to be able to have Ashley back on the team, but no, you don't see her again and you get a message from her on your terminal and that's it. Nothing, nothing at all. Um, and it's almost like, wow, okay, that's a, an interesting kind of thing. And you kind of wonder if you're going to see her again, is she going to come back, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've started number three now. So Mass Effect 3 is now currently started. And we're not going to talk about that in this episode, um, but uh, we'll get to it eventually. Uh, I've played the first like couple of hours and I'll, I'll get into probably once Mass Effect 3's episode um happens i'll get into why it's taken me a while to get to where i am but you know i was quite disappointed or quite gutted i should say that I actually had stayed true to the course thinking okay this may work no she blows you off quicker than the wind blows a leaf around and it's a bit like wow okay so that's the route we've gone down but always in the photo frame of shepherd you know my shepherd right at the end uh, right through this game, I managed to keep Ashley's um, photo in there. So hopefully that has good bearings for the future game. Anyway, after you've done the Horizon mission, you're you're given a mission. I should say missions because you're given more dossiers to go collect the crew. And this is where you can go pick up Tali from, from the first game, the Justicar and the Assassin. Um, and I basically followed that through i did some of the dlc as well uh, and got a new uh, sort of ship uh, thing that can go around the planet i didn't do a lot of the side missions that was something i didn't do a lot of i found this very similar to uh, mass effect one where a lot of the side missions was kind of copy and paste in the sense of the the environments and things like that Yes, I understand that these are, I'm guessing they're, they're handcrafted environments and there's only going to be so many. I may be wrong. They may be randomized. Um, it's something I haven't looked into. I just found the sort of walk tunnel shooter kind of mechanics at times quite an annoyance. And some, some of the, the side missions seemed quite cool, but I did do the, side, the, the DLC that allows me to get... Um, um the ship that instead of the, the 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 rover you can use the ship so i did that one um which was kind of cool i've decided in this uh run it's a sentinel so i've actually kind of settled into sentinel the one issue i had at the beginning of this was i, I could i kept flip-flopping between classes and i just said to myself i need to just settle on something and by the time i got to this point i actually really enjoyed the sentinel class i didn't enjoy the um restrictiveness or how it felt of of the game, but then once I started doing loyalty missions, I realised that actually uh, there was the ability to add additional powers. And these additional powers are done through loyalty missions, and one of the powers of your loyal uh, teammates uh, will be open to you. So you can have things like grenades here. You can have things like other biotic powers and so on. And I thought that was that's kind of a nice touch. Allows you a little bit more kind of build. Um, or build stuff if you like um build i don't know what the word is build craft uh which is kind of cool especially if you like to theory craft those things there's going to be a min max way to play these games there always is with rpgs but i just played it how i wanted to play it um and eventually i really did enjoy the sentinel the tech armor is a really cool thing those who don't know the tech armor um gives you basically another shield which then explodes and knocks people over 
causes damage and so on. And when you upgrade one of your skill trees all the way to the top, you get kind of an option uh, that allows two other expansions of um, for tech armor. One or use when you did a grenade, for example, you could have more grenades or shrapnel or um, a bigger area, depending on the grenades and stuff like that. You became proficient in that skill, which then added another depth to your build craft, which is cool. But back to the missions, uh, we had the dossier of Talia, Justicar, and the assassin. Uh, it's cool to see Talia back. She was in my some of a lot of my original team, uh, which is cool because Garrus, who we spoke about in the first episode uh, or part one, um, was was cool to have him back. And Talia actually, Garrus and Talia made up most of my Mass Effect one team, um, but this time I was more drawn to Garrus and Kaz me you who's the thief. Um, you pick her up right in the beginning when you go to the Citadel or. To be fair, you might not even go to the Citadel in the beginning. You can do a load of dossier collections and then go to get uh, to the Citadel. Uh, you can even go to the Citadel after you've been to Horizon and then you have this weird kind of like, because there's a line prior to going to the, Citad uh, to the Citadel before Horizon where you ask where Ash is and uh, Anderson's like, can't tell you, she's on a mission on Horizon. You go to Horizon, you meet her. Um, but then you could also do her, go, you don't have to go to the Citadel at all. Um, there is no reason for you to go to the Citadel unless you're doing uh, a couple of loyalty missions and, and, uh, collecting food for the, the, the ship's chef, uh, which is quite funny. Um, I did try and play as much of an asshole as possible, but to be fair, it didn't really work. I kind of, some of my decisions were like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I'm going to go down this route. And some of my decisions were like, oh no, I, I kind of feel bad. There was one mission, one loyalty mission that I want to talk about, which is Zaid. Uh, Zaid is part of the DLC. Um, in the Legendary Edition, all the DLC is, is baked into the game. Um, some of the stuff that you unlocked in different ways is completely different. Like some of the armors in Mass Effect 2 that you unlocked through the DLC uh, is now just purchasable in a in a shop on a, on a planet. But Zaid's mission, so you pick Zaid up in Omega, and his mission essentially is to go and kill um, the leader or one of the leaders of the Blue Suns. The Blue Sun is a, a mercenary gang in the uh, Mass Effect unif uh, universe. And um, there's this option to either save a load of humans who are working for the Blue Suns and creating, working in his factory and creating nasty things or lead them to perish and just carry on with the mission. I don't know why, just left them to perish. And as you're playing through this mission, you can hear the screams of them as the the uh, factory is burning and burning down and blowing up. And it's quite, a, an, well, it's quite an experience, actually. And I think... That's been one of my favorite things of the second game is the fact that overall there's a major like experience that the game gives you. It allows you to experience certain things and uh, it looks so much better um, than, than its counterpart. But they really did get the atmosphere right in certain areas. Graphically, it looks great. Everything felt great. Gunplay, all those kind of things. But Zaid's mission, I keep digressing, was a cool... Like, those experiences were cool. They were something a bit different, something you didn't really come across. That was kind of cool. Um, and when I got all of my dossiers, I kind of got into this weird, like... 
I got itchy feet to finish the game. I wanted to get the game done, um, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do all the loyalty missions. Um, I, I didn't know what was coming up, but then I thought, do you know what? No, I need to experience all these loyalty missions. It gives me the ability to switch my powers if need be, if I've got the uh, correct uh, sort of ores. And I spoke about this issue that I have with the ore collecting in part one of the podcast. That was definitely a problem. I still found this problem, even with the upgrades of the ship, more probes and all that kind of stuff. I still found this one of the most laborious ways of collecting materials for your upgrades. It's a real, like, pain-in-the-ass thing. And I don't like that. I, I genuinely do not like that. And it's like EA doing the EA thing of keeping you in there doing laborious tasks for no reason. And that's kind of... One of it's one of my biggest bugbears uh, of of Mass Effect Two, and possibly could be the same for Three. Don't know. And the other thing is that bugs me with this is the fact that they reduce the weapon types that you can use on certain classes. Uh, there is a point, and we'll get to it shortly. Um, that something changed, which is cool. But as we say, we'll get to it anyway. Back to the dossiers and. And I decided, right, okay, I need to essentially punch through and do the loyalty missions. Um, so we got um, all the, the loyalty missions that we needed to do. Got the Professor sorted out, Archangel, um, Convict, um, and so on. And just did as many as I can. Um, and those loyalty missions were named as followed. Uh, Kazumir, Stolen Memory, can't pronounce the name. Zaid, The uh, Price of Revenge. Miranda, the prod prodigal. Yeah, Jacob, the gift of greatness. Jacob's loyal mission was quite interesting uh, because I feel like he had one of the biggest character arc changes. I didn't like Jacob in, in the beginning and his loyalty mission was one of the last ones I actually did. His and Grunt's were like the last two. Um, and I thought, oh, I, I, like ever since I met him right at the beginning, I just didn't like him, didn't like his character um, he was a gun for hire, nothing really that exciting for me, just didn't enjoy his character, and, and actually seeing like how the fact, how in his loyalty mission, watched his dad, who is a captain of the ship and has held this beacon off for like 10 years and made the crew of his ship go crazy, he realises that actually, you know, his dad's not a very nice person, and there's like kind of swing to, to the way Jacob is, maybe it's empathy, maybe I just, you know, feel sorry for him a little bit, because his dad's a pretty much a tool and not a very nice person. And no one really should experience that, if you know what I mean. But it's almost like, wow, okay, that's 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 cool. And Grunt was another one that I did right at the end. He was the test tube baby. Uh, the doctor created him. He's the perfect uh, sort of um, perfect creature of his species. And essentially, that was a, like a battle arena you had to fight a load of state, and I, I kind of cheese this one. There's a weapon that you can get, which is called the cane, which is essentially is a, a rocket launcher that fires nuclear missiles and just fire this into whatever this big throttle uh, mall thing. So overall, like those missions, I definitely didn't enjoy Grunt's mission. Um, that wasn't really that exciting. Um, Rite of Passage, that was what it's called. He didn't know where he was, like, his right is or his clan, that kind of stuff, because he was born out of a test tube. Um, Miranda's was a strange one. It was just about his her sister and her dad coming to capture. I thought you might see her dad. No, um, not at all. Um, then you had uh, Mordin, Old Bloods, which 
to be fair, was quite cool. Morden's loyalty mission was about his protege had gone crazy. He was trying to create, or sorry, save the race that Grunt's part of. I can't, it, it escapes me. And trying to cure the disease that basically kills them off. Um, but what they'd done is he'd gone from experimenting in uh, like humane ways to essentially just causing these creatures to sacrifice themselves and so on and so forth so they can find a way to cure this disease and actually he'd gone too far, uh, which was interesting. You've got this option at the end where it's like you can either kill him or not. Uh, I chose to kill his uh, assistant and then sort of save the data or not. And I deleted the data. So it's interesting. I'll be interested to see how that affects Mass Effect 3. Um, so that's kind of an interesting point. Um, Samara, which is the Justicar. She's uh, basically her daughter being a, a predator, killing people via sexual means. Bit strange. Jack, Subject Zero. So Jack is, the, uh, you get Jack from a prison. And uh, what it turns out to be is that Jack is a Cerberus test student um, and they absolutely like pump a full of biotics and keep doing these experiments on Jack to essentially create this perfect human, if you like. Um, and you go back to a Cerberus test facility where she was prisoned and you are essentially there to blow it up. Um, kind of cool. Uh, it was quite, you know, you're, throughout the game, you're giving this thing about Cerberus and you're working for Cerberus or you're working with Cerberus. Cerberus are bad. They only have human interests at heart. And then you see Cerberus actually doing nasty things to little children, human children, which is quite an interesting flip of the whole Cerberus ethos. Um, Garrus, Eye for an Eye, I think we I did that fairly early on, uh, which is a good mission. Uh, Thane, Sins of Father, it happens on the Citadel. You're looking is your sin, your sin, your son is become a hitman and he's someone else has someone has paid him to put a hit on a uh, political figure and it's your job to stop them. Um, and then Tali, treason. Tali's mission actually probably shouldn't have done. I should probably shouldn't have done Tali's mission where I did it. There was one more after this. Um, I'll go through the order that I def I, I did them in. Tali's mission because um, I had a look online after I'd completed the game and I found out that actually you should have done Tali's mission after a mission that comes up a little bit later. Um, reason being is it's one of the hardest Paragon checks in the game and essentially what you have to do is Tali is on treason for taking Geth back to her ship which has like got millions of people on it um, and what it actually transpires to be is her dad are doing it. And her dad had been create, controlling the Geth um, and it's almost like, wow, okay. Or trying to find a way to control the Geth uh, through these parts that Tali had been sending back. And um, yeah, you have to try and stand trial or you have to see Charlie try it, uh, stand trial um, and then get expelled. That's the thing. And I hadn't got enough Paragon points to force a good or a bad option. So it was the fact that I didn't spill the beans about the result. So Tali still became loyal, but she had been expelled from her her ship, which, again, uh, is going to be interesting to see. A, she's in Mass Effect 3, and B, what are the consequences of that? The fact that she's expelled from, from her ship. So that was quite interesting. Um, I really enjoyed that, but also the fact that, as I said in the part one, um, I'm playing this how I want to play it. I'm playing this exactly 
how I want to play it and how I want to experience the game. And if I'm doing the loyalty mission, there's no set order or by the looks of it, there is a set order that I've, I've seen now, which is going to give you the best endings and all that kind of stuff. If things go wrong, things go wrong. It's the This is the universe that I'm creating in in me playing these games. The Tarleys was a good, good story. Um, Legion, I can't quite remember Legion. Legion was a geth that knows your name. Um, it was okay. Like, it was fine. So, and it mustn't, it mustn't, couldn't have been that good because um, I don't really remember it. Uh, it's called A House Divided and I don't remember really what I did on it. Um, there is a section where you do come back from Legion's mission and Tali and Legion are, are nearly at the point of blowing each other apart. Um, and if you, again, it's another check. It's, uh, it's a hard Paragon check. Luckily, I had enough for them to break it apart. Hopefully, that has some consequences because it was quite a hard check in, in the game. My uh, One of my Paragons was actually greyed out, but the other one wasn't. Uh, so, yeah. They're like the loyalty missions. I've kind of gone though in a really whistle-stop tour of, of what was good, what was bad. Uh, the order I did them in was uh, Kazmu, um, I think I did, then did Miranda, uh, Garrus, and then I kind of just did the rest as I as I felt like it, but they were the main ones. And my main squad for all of this, I flipped between Miranda and uh, Kazumi. Uh, Garrus was pretty much a permanent member of the team. Didn't really use Morden, didn't use Grunt at all, uh, didn't use Legion. Legion was joined very late. Um, so yeah, and didn't use Thane, so I maybe have missed out on some good characters, don't know, but my main, my main team was Garrus, uh, Miranda, uh, I like the combo stuff, like Miranda would pull someone in the air and I would then hit them mile for miles, love some of the biotic powers, really, really cool, um, so that's kind of cool, uh, and that's one of those things, I think the biotic powers, you can either go full in or half and half, so I think they got the, the class balance of depending on what you want from the playstyle sort of down. Um, and then it comes down to the Reaper IFF. This mission, um, I didn't realize. Um, at this point, I was ready to kind of wrap the game up, luckily enough. So the Reaper IFF is a device that allows you to jump through the Omega 4 relay, which essentially is where the collectors are hiding i did forget a mission prior to this which actually then showed the elusive man for what his colors is i didn't trust the elusive man the first time i saw him and i should have talked about the collector's base the collector's base uh is you find this ship that's basically sort of gone disabled and you get on there to essentially find information um, and when you finished this mission you find out that actually the elusive man set you up, set you up to go into the collector's base and so on. The collectors are these creatures that essentially capture you, put you in these pods and turn you into slime. And you find that out actually in the last mission of the game, uh, which is like broken into three massive sections. But uh, the big thing was the fact that the elusive man, I couldn't trust him from the beginning and still to this day, do not trust that guy. Uh, so it was interesting to see that they'd stitched us up and you kind of fight through this collector's base and you're looking for information before the ship starts up again, uh, data, that kind of stuff. And you find out that your ship's been hacked and it's like, oh, here we go again. Going to get blown up by the collectors, but thankfully you do get away. The Reaper, as I was saying, the Reaper IFF. This mission, it was an absolute doozy. You, from the outset... You are to 
basically jump into this mission and uh, find an item that's going to allow you to, as I said, jump through the Omega 4 relay. Um, the big thing with the Reaper IFF, which is something I didn't realize until after completion, is that there's a, a hidden timer in the background of the game. Essentially, uh, has the fate of your crew and everything else. And it's like, oh my God. So how it works is if you, when you get the Reaper IFF, we get the IFF item and you go straight and try and take over the, um, you try and go into the final mission, you have a high chance of saving all of the people because once the Reaper IFF mission is done, and you go over to like the next bit, for some weird reason, everybody gets in the shuttle, flies off the ship, and all your crew get kidnapped. It's very strange that everyone just disappears. Um, and your crew's like, we're all getting kidnapped. The collectors invade your base. They take your crew. The only downside to the mission is another corridor-based shooter, use your powers, and so on and so on. I know that's the type of game this is, but it was a little bit, you know, oh my God. another corridor, another corridor, another corridor. And it does, but... I think the overall thing was with this mission, not going into too much detail about this mission in, in the sense of the mission itself, but it kickstarts what is the uh, the final countdown, the, the, the in-game clock. And reading online after the fact is that you actually get a chance to do two missions after getting the IFF and you can keep your crew alive. I did the IFF and then just went straight onto the, the home stretch because I'd done all the loyalty missions. There were none, no more to do. Um, no, tell a lie. I had, um, I had grunts to do, so I'd done everything up to grunt. I wasn't really bothered about grunt, um, uh, to be fair. And essentially what it came down to was I was like, I'll just get grunts done anyway, got grunts done and then did Legion. So I did the two missions after the IFF and then you get told that the IFF is ready to be installed. Um, sorry. And this is where you then lose your crew. Um, a very interesting kind of scenario as I sort of very briefly highlighted that all of a sudden um, you're having to uh, you, you all your crew clear off and then you can control a joker and joker essentially has to go and get Edie uh, in charge of the ship it's quite a it's quite a nice flip it, obviously joker's got uh, some disabilities so you're having to sort of crawl in the air ducts not that you get to see this but you know, get through the ship different parts to essentially give Edie control of the ship. And then all of a sudden, all the team come back and the crew's gone and Miranda's the first one to blame a Joker and blame Edie. And it's like, well, where did you all go? It's a really weird plot hole in the game is the fact that where did they go? We had the IFF. And, and I think because I'd done everything... I think it didn't make any sense purely on the basis that I think at that point you're supposed to go and do more missions. Like you're supposed to go and do missions if you like. And they essentially the Normandy is sort of left up testing the IFF and you go do more missions, but I didn't. So it kind of didn't make sense in my playthrough, but I think that's where it's supposed to be is the idea is you go do some more missions. Now, the more missions you do, the more crew you lose when you go and essentially do the last mission of the game called the suicide mission. Suicide Mission could have its own show. I could literally get on a show, and I might do that later down the line because I'd love to discuss what other people did for their Suicide Mission. And this is where it will be completely and utterly different for many different people because it depends on 
how you play it. Are people loyal? And even as far back as how many ship upgrades have you got? Now, I didn't know this at the time. I hadn't done any research. Uh, and it turns out that I'd done okay. Because, yeah, you go through the Omega-4 relay and you end up, and they, they basically sense that you're there. And there's a, a chart that I now found online that tells you everything broken down and how to, to keep everybody alive, which is quite an interesting thing to read. So the first thing you experience is the approach to the collector's base. And that approach is, depending on how, and how well that approach goes, is how well your upgrades have gone if you bought enough of the stuff. So you've got three upgrades to make to your ship. Uh, I believe it is the Cyclone Shield Tech, the Thanix Cannon, and the Solarius Armor Tech. If you haven't got those three in place, someone will die depending on you know the cutscene. And this is where I lost my first casualty. Legion died uh, because I didn't have, I believe it was the armor tech installed. So they, they, these collector little death fighter things fly around and they hit the side of the ship with a laser and it blows a hole. Legion dies. So Legion had been on my team for 10 minutes and he was already dead. And that first death kind of was like, oh my God, this, this kind of, this sucks. So it was like, okay, now I've, I've only got X amount of people to keep alive. And it's like, okay, what do we do? And as I said, it all bears down on the loyalty. And also what kind of the Legion thing is, depending on who you put in your squad. So it also you're then told to go downstairs and fight one of these Death Star flying thingamajiggies um, downstairs uh, and if whoever you've got in your squads will survive, but one of those could have been in the pecking order of death, if you like. So I did a little bit of research for the show, and we've got here the approach. And this is going to help me kind of explain stuff a little bit better uh, than trying to uh, do it off the top of my head. So as I said, the approach. The approach, you know, is the Normandy armor upgraded? Yes, no, everyone's safe. Are the Normandy shields upgraded? Yes, no. If they are, yes, well, if they are, uh, yes, excellent, everyone's safe. If they're not, you're going to lose somebody. And this is where I lost somebody. Death of one non-party member in this order. Kazmiu, Legion, Tali, Thame, Garrus, Zed, Grunt, Samara, um, or Monorith, Monorith. I don't actually know how you get that far down. Uh, and then weapons check. So this is where they basically blow the collector's ship up. This uh, essentially, and again, if you've not upgraded the weapons you're going to lose somebody. If you have upgraded the weapons, everyone's safe. The first one is just, you just lose Jack in the first one if if it all goes wrong. So that was, you know, kind of interesting. And I just said, have completely and utterly did not read this uh, prior to the mission because I'm, and I'm quite glad I didn't. Uh, I'm glad I made my, like, um, decisions the way I did. Because that would really have annoyed me if it had been spoiled. I didn't want it to get spoiled for me. Simple as that. Next is the base. So you're on. The, you're kind of given a couple of uh, options of what is the best way to essentially invade this base. You can go through the front door, but you're probably going to die, or you go in the vents. Now, and this, and the game gives you enough hints here. It basically, says you need a tech specialist. A tech specialist needed, and I sent in Tally. And again, the check happens. Is that person loyal? If they are, they're going to survive. 
But also there's another check with who is the second fire team leader. Again, the game gives you a hint that you need somebody who is capable of leading, but you do get this cutscene where actually through this, Jack has disliked Miranda, Miranda's Cerberus, Jack doesn't like Cerberus, and Jack's like, I ain't going to take any orders from her, you let me lead. And it's like, well, which way do you go? Here, I chose Miranda. Luckily enough, everybody survived. But in this bit, you have to run through the collector's base and open the vents to stop Tali from basically burning to death. Don't know what would have happened if we did lose Tali at that point, uh, whether she would have died or whether it would have been a game over. Unsure. Then you have something called the long walk. A biotic specialist is needed for this part. This is your Jack uh, or Samara or the Morinif. My Monorif is. Anyway, I chose Samara here uh, and she was loyal, done her loyalty mission. That's what I mean by it's um, loyal. You know, they, you've done the loyalty mission, so they are loyal to you. Um, and essentially, this part of the, the suicide mission, you, you're in a bubble and you've got these swarms coming at you. You stop at certain points to have fights. And um, I made the mistake here, and it was a real pain in the ass. I took uh, Garrus and Kazmiu, um, and Kaz's ability, one of her abilities, she goes stealth, disappears and appears next to somebody and punches them. Well, she kept dying here, uh, which was kind of a pain in the ass um, because she would get taken out by the swarms. But the shield barrier is there to, to protect you. But you have another team, which is... Um, Miranda and she's leading a second fire team I put Miranda in charge again it's the same thing but on this one there is no check because um, it's simple as that Miranda she can lead a team she's led the first one she the, the fire team survives which is great but again you could have Jacob or Garrus and if they're loyal they're gonna the fire team survives prior to the long walk you have a you you basically get your check from earlier where you have the IFF clock and this is where you find your squad. This is where you find them. They are captured by the collectors in pod. You see um, uh, a character called Lilith get turned into pulp and essentially you're there going, so, you know, save them all. You rip through these pods, you rip through them all, get them out and depending on how many missions you did earlier, you essentially... Uh, can either save them all or save none, apart from the Doctor. And if you don't save any, I think the Doctor goes angry, I, I read somewhere today. Um, but no, uh, I did manage to save them all because I'd done the IFF and then straight into the suicide mission. So if you're looking to save the, the entirety of your crew, do it like that. Um, but you have to send somebody to escort them back to the Normandy. Are they loyal? If not, they're going to die. If they are, they'll survive. Simple as, you know, that. Um, so, oh no, sorry. There's a couple of things here. Do you send a party member to escort them? That you don't have to, but all the crew die. If you do and they're loyal, they survive. If you do and they're not loyal, they'll die. Simple as that. So that's kind of the reason that the loyalty, I now understand after completing the game, why the loyalty missions are so damn important to, to this part of the run. Um, and then you've got a section here, the crew, as I explained, how many missions did you complete between opening the Omega-4 relay and travelling through it? So that's the, the clock part. Zero, I did none. So essentially what that's saying is we we basically bundled through, rushed through, and we, we got on with it. You know, or if you diddly-daddled, they, they die. 
And then you have the end game, the final fight. And this is broken up into two parts. You take a team and then you have hold the line. And essentially what you're told is that there's a massive swarm coming. You need a strong team to hold the line while you and two other members go and fight. This really confused me. Um, my team, um, I, I understand it now, um, and definitely glad that I went the route I did. I couldn't quite understand what was going on when I played it. But essentially, there's a, a list here in front of me, and I'm not going to kind of go through all of it, but they have a certain score value depending on the strength of the team. And by the looks of it, you need an average of two over two i must have had an average of over two because the entire like hold the line survived they all survived i took with me into the final fight i took miranda and garris uh garris is my boy he, he came with me all the way and i took miranda that was my final fight i'll quickly go through a little bit of it hold the line team your average so grunt Z zaid and garris are they loyal yes you, they have an average, they have four points each. So they're worth four points in those. So those three alone are worth 12 points. Then you have Thane, Legion, Samara, Jacob, Miranda. Are they loyal? Yes. Uh, two points on those. I'm not going to go through the other negatives because all my characters are loyal. Jack, Kaz, Tali, Morden. Are they loyal? Yes, one point. And essentially, you needed an average of... Um, uh, throughout and I lost Legion so I was already a man down or I was a character down if you like but I must have had an over an average um, and it's like cool so I had done it which is really really cool and obviously that average goes down depending on you know how many survive through this entire process um, and then I did like a little bit of reading and found out that even Commander Shepard can die. My Shepard survives, so I get to carry on that playthrough with the same Shepard. But it depends on how many crew members survive. And I'm reading this in front of me, uh, which was put together by Eurogamer, which is kind of cool. Um, maybe I'll link it down below if you want to read it. It gives you all the information that you need. So if I did a, another playthrough, and depending on what kind of idiot I wanted to be, I can really change the fate of it. Uh, of all your recruited squad members, how many are still alive? Two or more, Shepard survives and he saves the galaxy. If zero or one, Shepard saves the galaxy and dies. There's a jump at the end. I'm guessing that's where Shepard will fall. But mine survived. What I found quite disappointing about the suicide mission was the final boss fight. The final boss fight in Mass Effect 1 was hard and it was really good. It took me quite a while to get that fight done. Um, you thought Saren, you thought Reaper, you did all that kind of stuff. In this fight, you just fought like a giant Reaper, but it, there wasn't a lot to it. You had a weak part to shoot and that was it. And it felt almost a little bit lackluster on the back of what is an incredible mission. This mission has so many highs and lows throughout its entirety. And you give that final boss fight at the end. It was really disappointing for me. I really didn't like that final fight. I thought, oh my god, what a, what a disappointing way to go. Um, and I would love to know from people if they felt the same. You, it's a, basically a giant skeletal structure that essentially um, is there to try and blow you up with its laser out of its mouth. But a few hits with your heavy weapon into its chest and it and it dies. It does come back for round two. But it, again, it's just a little bit disappointing all in all, if you ask me. Um, 
So, yeah, a little bit disappointed by that. One of the interesting things is a, is a question at the end that you're given. Um, and you essentially have the option to blow the base or I, I put an EMP and disable it so, that, so the Cerberus can come and collect it. I haven't liked the elusive man from the start and I wasn't sure as hell going to help him. I gave him all like the renegade options when I was talking to the elusive man. Didn't like him. Thought he was a... Think he's evil beyond belief and decided, you know what, I'm just going to I'm just gonna blow the base. So tore the base apart, which was essentially, you know, my aim. As far as I'm concerned, the collectors were nasty, nasty, you know, nasty creatures, collecting humans, that kind of stuff. And yeah, wasn't great. You know, didn't like it. But you get this kind of argument with between you and, and the elusive man and Miranda puts in a resignation as well. So it's, it's almost like the elusive man's like, this is, you can't do this. You've doomed us, this, that, and the other, we could use this technology, but it sounds like he wants to use it for himself and to build Cerberus to be the biggest kind of conglomerate, if you like, in the galaxy. Um, and that's the suicide mission. So as I said, the mission itself, absolute amazing roller coaster, ups and downs, twists and turns, final fight, quite disappointing, really nice uh, sort of potent question at the end of this suicide mission. Genuinely one of the, the kind of like you battle with this, this idea that maybe this stuff can help you defeat the Reapers, but also no, this is, we don't want this technology. This is evil, pure evil, got to get rid of it. You know, it's it's horrendous. So, you know, I, I went down that route. And as a renegade, I probably should have kept it, but, you know, voice of reason kicked in. A couple of things I did miss out during the show, uh, just kind of swinging back. One of my favorite missions as well was Liara's loyalty mission. She becomes the shadow broker, which is cool, and you can use that as a base, which basically you can get information, you can do a smear campaign on on, on Councillor Alder, Aldine, or whatever his name is. You can get planets shown to you, which are essentially uh, high of resources, that kind of stuff. So that was kind of a cool mission. And the Shadow Broker boss fight was even harder than the final fight of the game. So that was, you know, quite cool. Um, and I think, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that I've missed in, in that sense. But they were, you know, I can go back now. I can go back and finish off bits and pieces. The Arrival DLC is something that I've got to do. Um, I did obviously, I did some reading because um, it's not something I've done, but it's come up in conversation when looking at Mass Effect 3 stuff on or Mass Effect 2 online. And it apparently bridges a gap between two and three. Um, but I'll, maybe I'll get round to it before I play Mass Effect 3 or not. Unsure. That's the cool thing about this game series is it's kind of up to you how much you do. I'm glad that I now know that actually there's a lot of consequences in Mass Effect 2 by not doing all the loyalty missions. Because I did get to a point where I was a bit like, I'm done now. I'm ready to kind of wrap this game up. And I think I'd be quite a sad panda if I'd realized that it all gone wrong <laughs> because I just basically wanted to wrap the game up and and sit down I'd never been I've never been a completionist I haven't completed the game I haven't as it sorry I have completed the game but I haven't done 100% completion I haven't got all the achievements if I go over to Steam um, currently my achievement record for Mass Effect the Legendary Edition is sitting at um, oh I don't know Love trying to find things live when you're recording. It's sitting at 61 out of 127, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an achievement hunter. It's just nice to get the credits rolling in these games. Um, so, yeah, 
that's my rambling of Mass Effect 2. Apologize if it is a bit rambly in places. Uh, I am going to do better with the next couple of games. Notes taken, that kind of stuff. And for the next one, I will make sure it is better. So announcing the next game for Desert Island Games, it's Mass Effect 3. We're going to finish the trilogy off. We're going to get it all done and dusted. And then I'm going to rank the entire trilogy of my favorite before I do move on and get on to the next game, I need to give Mass Effect 2 a Desert Island game score. Now, I gave Mass Effect 1 a 9. Mass Effect 2 gets an 8.5. Now, I do disagree with a lot of people in this. I do think it's a good game. I don't think... I think there are issues and problems that really did stop me from enjoying this to the extent where a lot of people are saying this is like one of the best games ever created, yada, yada, yada. I think that final fight is one of the biggest letdowns. The restrictions in build quality and build diversity is also a bit of a letdown. Mass Effect 2 has definitely gone from RPG action game to action game with RPG elements. And I'm expecting more of the same in number three. Um, I know that there is the controversial ending to the entire trilogy, so I can't wait to see what happens there and see where I sit on that fence. But it is nice to say that I have wrapped it all up. But even though I got eight and a half, go and play it. It is an absolute incredible ride um, of different things, left, right, and center. Um, well worth your time, well worth your energy. Um, I think if you haven't played it and you're like me, grab the Legendary Edition even if it's full price at like £50, it's worth it. But get it on sale. It goes on sale quite a lot as well. So there we go. Up next on Desert Island Games, as I said, Mass Effect 3. We do have the other stuff kind of kicking off. And I was going to do mainly dedicated to Pokemon, but I think I'm going down the retro route. Going to try and make something a bit different. Maybe Pokemon and retro gaming in, in one sense. There are lots of retro games that I haven't played I've got a, a bunch of them ready to lock and load it. I've been enjoying collecting the Pokemon games and stuff like that. So watch out for that. Hopefully on Friday this week, we'll launch the first episode and talk about the game that I'm playing. Very similar to Desert Island games, but maybe a little bit different. Don't know. We'll see kind of how it goes. I just like sitting in front of people or sitting in front of the microphone and talking. So there we are. And with that, it comes the end of today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. Nearly 50 plus minutes of me rambling on about Mass Effect 2. And as I said, most of it was the suicide mission. The bulk of it would have been that. I do want to get like a roundtable discussion with people about the uh, suicide mission. Because I do think that would be kind of interesting to actually discuss. Um... Until next time, guys, as you heard earlier, you can catch me on different platforms and stuff like that. They should all be down in the, the podcast description if you want to catch me there. Come and join me in Discord. Come and talk games. And we'll see you all very soon. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>